Welcome to Staying Connected, the German Embassy in London's podcast. Uh, I'm Josh Spiro, Associate Arts Editor at the Financial Times and an occasional stand-up comedian. And today we're talking about uh, differences in German and British comedy with Henning Vane, who is probably Germany's most famous uh, comedian in Britain. He is, in fact, he dubbed himself German, Germany's com- comedy... German him, comedy ambassador. He, dub, he dubbed himself German comedy ambassador. I mean, I can't wait for other people. Sometimes you just have to help it along, you know. Yeah. That's, that's one of the nice things about Britain. You can just change your name by deed poll, so you could become Josh Bureau MBE. I could Without do that. waiting for... Uh, I could do I think I would probably go for a Lord first. I think MBE <laughs> was like, you know, I have to work my way up to it. Um, Henning, just to introduce you, I'm sure our audience know you already, but you are a star of uh, stand-up and uh, panel shows on the radio and mm-hmm. on TV, such as um, The Unbelievable Truth and what's called Would I Lie to You? Mm-hmm. And you uh, came over here how long ago? In 2002, as a result of... Uh, company I was working for back home was about to go under, looked at my CV, looked all right, but I thought, well, don't really speak English, I was in very basic school English, and uh, thought, let's do something about it, spent a few months in, in Blighty, so I applied, I always worked in sports, so I applied to all the uh, 92 football league clubs in England, and believe it or not, ended up with a job at Wickham Wanderers. Um, that does sound like a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 but uh, I mean, all I can say is when I was there, League One, and... Uh, Hang on, they're still in League One now, so no, I didn't, didn't, no, didn't leave ve- much of a mark the, there. The, the vein effect, not, yeah. so, not, not so pronounced. How's the language going? <laughs> Steadily improving. Now, we're going to talk about German humour. One of my friends said German humour is very much context-dependent. Like, there are some places you would make a joke and some places you wouldn't make a joke. Like, is that right? Do you think that's fair? Because in the UK, I think in most cases, you know, other than when you're in, like, court on trial for murder, you can probably get away with a joke. Uh, and even, even in that context, I think you still someone will try and crack a joke. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that is actually one of the, uh, I would say, not everyone's being brought a cup of uh, coffee. We, we, we are in a pub and we are very responsibly having tea and coffee, uh, which is being delivered at the moment. So I'm seeing my dentist at three o'clock and I don't want to turn up half cut. You could turn up full cut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then out of spite, he would take on every single working tool I've got. <laughs> Context. Um, in, Ge- in Germany, when is it appropriate to be funny? When is it not appropriate to be funny? Like, would you be funny in the workplace, for example? No, that's actually a big cultural difference. Every job advert in Britain's got, oh, we need a team player, and everyone puts on their CV. They've got a great sense of humour. That wouldn't really cut it back home. The whole concept of self-deprecation, it's only idea that it doesn't matter how badly you mess up in your line of work as long as you can tell the tale of your underachievement in, in, in an entertaining fashion. Everything's fine in Germany, it will make it twice as bad. So A, you messed up and now you're trying to make a joke out of it, so uh, yes, your papers don't bother coming back tomorrow. Are there occasions when it's fine or are the workplaces themselves just entirely serious? Wherever I worked in Germany, I always had fun. There was always, there was always enough to laugh. And the main difference is it wasn't put on your CV. If self-deprecation isn't a particularly strong part of German humour, what is? What are the sort of key elements? Could you describe a pan-German humour, or is it much more regional, for example? Well, I would say it's uh, German humour is very much blunt statements. And then, and then maybe with a twinkle in your eye, but even that isn't necessary. One of the big things in Germany is the Heute show. Uh, which is like the Today Show, which means oh, yeah, Today Show, but it, it means yeah, 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 the equivalent yeah, yeah. of like um, yeah. the late night American comedy shows yeah. uh, where they talk about the news. How long has that been a big thing in Germany? Is that an American import or has that been a style that's been going for quite a long time? 
Well, that's, that's quite interesting because, yeah, you can say it's probably an American import, but on the other end, the whole idea of uh, political, as we call it, politisches Kabarett. Mm. So, where it was quite highbrow, uh, so as an entertainment art form, people commenting on uh, what was happening in politics, and uh, the whole idea was almost like you don't want people to laugh too much because that would show it's not serious <laughs> enough, so if that makes sense. So, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, so the whole idea of commenting in a fairly insightful way on politics, I think that's been done in Germany for a long, 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 long time, but that particular format probably has been uh, imported from, from the States, or inspired by the States. And a lot of that seems to rely on kind of irony and exaggeration. I was watching some, some extracts last night, mm -hmm. and uh, you've got, um, what's it called, uh, Oliver Velker, Speaking is the host of the Heute show, and you know he'll say something very serious, and then you'll get a graphic next to it that kind of totally undermines it. Or they'll be talking about speed limits, and they'll have like a very red-faced man getting extremely angry about it. Um, so it's, a lot of it seems to depend on um, kind of caricaturing these sort of very you know, red-faced right-wing people, or the very kooky left pe people on the left. Um, how sharp a satire do you think people will take? Because, you know, in some places you really go for the establishment, go for the jugular. Mm. Um, do you think that's the case in Germany, or do you think people are more restrained? Good question. Yeah, I mean, there was obviously large parts of Germany, the old East, where you had to all... You could only do comedy with innuendo, because you couldn't really mention anything directly unless you wanted to end up in a labour camp. And... Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, I've, I remember there was a, a foreman called Scheibenwischer, uh, Dieter Hillebrand, but we're going back now oh, 30, 40 years at least. And uh, then at the time always struck me as fairly hard-hitting. I went to see a drag show in Frankfurt, which in itself is a funny idea, um, Frankfurt being such a button-down city. Yeah. I probably got about 10%, because my German's okay, but not drag-level German, not sort of screaming drag queen, making jokes-level German. And, you know, a lot of that seemed to be quite, like, similar to the UK, uh, UK style of drag or American style of drag about um, exaggeration and sexual jokes and generally being quite mean to one another. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I think a lot of these forms are universal, but it definitely, uh, well, did it translate? It didn't translate. I couldn't translate it. I'm sure it would have translated beautifully if I had actually, actually followed it. How vibrant is the stand-up scene in Germany from your experience? When I grew up and when I left Germany, there wasn't really stand-up. There was politisches Kabarett. Yes. There was that, but since, stand-up has definitely... Uh, and then, the, 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 say, the British style of, of, of stand-up nights with one compare, three, four acts, that has all become uh, quite common. And if you turn on the telly, there will always be some sort of uh, stand-up slash comedy format on. So, uh, it has become over the past 25 30 years it has become a big old industry and is politicians cabaret has that stayed popular or has it died off or what sort of state is it in do you think has it been superseded by these other forms of stand-up that i would definitely say because that's more easily digestible that still exists the british cabaret there is people on television doing it uh while well, they're called knut help us here our man from the embassy um the Geezer der Rheinländer und der Westfale Bernstelter und... No, no help. No good. No good. So... Uh, Knut, is, is, is actually there. He's just... Uh, yeah. He doesn't know the answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's the ox that's the German Oxbridge lot. No idea. Um Oh well in that case they share something with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no idea what the common people laugh about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are they what allowed? are they like? Yeah, what are, are they, they like? <laughs> you mentioned obviously um Germany the, being in East Germany, you wouldn't have been allowed to make many public political statements, humorous or otherwise. Uh, how has that left a, le- a big legacy, do you think, in terms of German humour today? Do you think that that developed its own forms that still persist? Or do you think it's sort of all been absorbed into one now? Interesting. Well, without knowing, but my gut feeling would be seeing television, the TV channels are nationwide, and a lot of stuff is led by TV stations, isn't it? Like in regards to public taste or, um, I mean, chicken and... And uh, egg debate. What's what's there first? The, the 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 taste, and then the TV jumps on top of it, or does the TV dictate the taste? Yeah. But uh, uh, whichever way it is, I reckon. I mean, they had they had like a, they had like a vibrant uh, the political comedy scene in in the old in the old East with Leipzig and and all the like Zemftöpfchen or whatever they were called, and uh, I hope they're still going. But as I say, that was all a lot more done with innuendo because they had to. One thing that people might know about German humour is that Germans, and actually a lot of uh, the rest of sort of Baltic Europe and German-speaking lands, they really like, every year on New Year's Eve, this film called Dinner oh, yeah. for One. Yes. Uh, which is, I watched it, and it it's hard to really understand quite why it's so popular. It involves a butler pretending to be four different people at a guest, at, at four different guests at a dinner and getting drunker and drunker and um, falling over a rug uh, as he gets progressively drunk, mm. um, it's massively popular. And they show it every New Year's Eve. Uh, have you, did you? Oh always yeah, watch yeah, it? yeah, yeah, What yeah, is yeah. it about that that is so funny? Well, a lot of it is. Well, it's tradition, isn't it? What what, what is it about eating strawberries at Wimbledon? So, it's, but we don't uh, laugh when we do that. <laughs> and that's a very good point. It's first class physical uh, physical humour, isn't it? It's, I mean, you, you can't say it's not funny. I mean, you can, of course, but... Um, but why is it so funny that people want to watch it every year? Well, there you come back to tradition, isn't it? Like, so it's like, oh, that's what we do on New Year's Eve. And now with uh, fragmentation of the TV stations, like with all the cable channels, essentially from midday till one in the morning, if you zap through your telly, it will be on on one of the stations, so you can essentially watch it non-stop for 13 hours easily. And does it get funnier the more you watch it? I've never attempted, and I should really do that one day, so uh, try and uh, get full 13 hours of uh, dinner <laughs> for one. And what, is, what is interesting about that, it's that the main actor is uh, Freddie Frinton, he's from Grimsby. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and the reason why that never caught on here in Britain is um, because it was produced by uh, German television. So, and as a result of that, it's uh, only in Germany, Austria and Switzerland. German-speaking part of, of Switzerland, on uh, on TV, and that's purely a copyright issue. I should say that it's actually it was it's in English, so um, Germans and Austrians are watching this show in English, which isn't um, actually ever broadcast in England. So it's kind of uh, it's a fun it's a weird cultural artifact. It's uh, catchphrases, three catchphrases. Yeah. yeah. Same procedures every yes, James. Same procedures every year, and then. Uh, 17 different ways of saying cheers and post and skull and then and then that's the program in a nutshell that is a very that is a very good summary of it and i guess you know we have our comedic traditions especially around christmas as well watching 
Morecambe and Wise, for example, mm. on Christmas Day or around Christmas, seems to be a pretty big British. Prison Hill Boss. Yes. Uh, also, yeah, somewhat funny. Somewhat funny. Um, what about in Britain? Oh, yeah, I forgot the premises. It has to be a bit funny as well. Yes, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, plenty of camp humour in it, I guess. What have you learned about British humour then in your years touring Britain and you know, performing on TV and performing uh, and doing the radio? What have you learned about British humour that you think is kind of noteworthy that, or that surprised you? What always has amazed me about the UK stand up circuit is the ubiquity of venues. Like, there is any Hamlet will have a regular comedy night, be that not, if it's not once a week or not once a month, then once a quarter. So there is not a place in this country where there isn't a regular comedy night on. That has always amazed me. Mm. When you started telling jokes, did you have an idea of what would work or did you just start and think, OK, well, we'll see if this lands? Yeah, very much the latter, yeah. And what did you find people liked? I mean, a lot of your humour has uh, is based around kind of caricatures or like German stereotypes for example. Did those go down particularly well I guess? Yeah I mean it's uh, I, mean, I can't deny where I'm from so your know, whole outlook on life is uh, is largely informed on uh, where you're from and what values were instilled in you like the whole idea say in Britain of uh, 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 when you work for the Financial Times let's do it well like, like the whole idea that uh, good debt mortgage is being described as good debt so and that is like really, really British. So that's like, and that is like the whole idea that there is no shame attached to being in debt. It's very British and that's very, very different in, in Germany. And like when someone said, oh, it's good debt, I mean, it sounds to me like it's benign cancer. So it might be benign, but I still rather don't have it. <laughs> so, and, um, so, therefore, and, and, and that is, that's, that's within you. That's how you... Uh, how oh, oh, you as an individual have been uh, brought up and you have got that value system, so, and then, uh, well, uh, is, is there, in, in my outlook on life, is there, in many aspects, am I uh, defined by where I'm from? Yeah, of course I am. But when, you, when you're on a panel show and you watch your, your fellow comedians uh, mm. make jokes, they, uh, they always seem to invite, like, the laughter. Do, and you always seem uh, to have a different style from that. Do you, do you recognise that? Or do you, do you not see that? Don't tend to think much about stuff. Uh. <laughs> no, I find that I find the, the best comedians not thinking too much, making the jokes on the reflex. I mean, with, with panel shows, you always save anyone because they edit it, they stick laughter in afterwards, and uh, nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> I mean, you could say nothing. You say if you're on something like, have I got news for your program? It's so well edited. You could say nothing, and it would come out like, Oh, he was on fire. A lot of British humour is, in fact, just in the editing. Does German radio have a lot of panel comedies like we do over here? That might have changed, but when I left, I can't think of... There was no equivalent to radio for Knut, haben wir jetzt? But that's very cultural, though, isn't it? And, 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 and like, very news. Certainly when I was still living in Germany. Yeah, so one where they would, like, regularly commission comedy formats, certainly not when I was living there. Because, you, you know, you've been on um, what's called The Unbelievable Truth, mm. for example, mm. where it's a show where people tell a lie and or tell a lie and some true statements and they have to, the other guests have to work out which one is, mm. is the truth or the lie. Um, so those sorts of things aren't really big in Germany then? Or weren't at least? I don't think so. I mean, I don't remember anything like that growing up and Knut is shaking his head, so, uh, nah. What things do you know will get a laugh out of British people? What do you always have success with? 
Well, in wool elves, fez, you can always bring up the wool. Um, because, I mean, that's obviously where you say, oh, you have to pick the audience up where they are. And the British audience tends to be in uh, 1945. So, <laughs> and therefore... Uh, <laughs> well, to, to quote another uh, famous British comedy, uh, don't mention the war. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but other than that... I don't know, I mean, football's always a topic, even though it uh, becomes more and more a bit of a sore issue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Certainly I can't talk about it in a triumphant manner any longer, so... Well, uh, it, it's fine, we haven't been able to for several years, so maybe we're finally coming, coming alike in that aspect, at least. Who are the German comedians that you admire, and who are the British comedians that you admire? I mean, Helga Schneider, he's always good to watch. He's from the Ruhr Valley as well, like yeah. myself. Then uh, uh, Jürgen von Manger, long dead, but uh, he... Still, from Hagen, still making so. you laugh beyond the grave. Oh, yes, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Can we ever heard him? Jürgen von Manger, Techtmeier? Nah, he's the young people. Uh, <laughs> they don't know they're born. Yeah, uh, no, he, he's excellent. And, uh, oh, there is lots of good ones. Same, there is lots of good ones in, in Britain, but that's the funny thing. I mean, if it's a million people doing it, it makes almost no odds if it's a thousand people doing it in a country or a million. There would still only be ten were actually any good, which is quite, uh, which is quite fascinating. So there's someone should work that out for me. We, sh- we should get our Financial Times as data scientists. On that, <laughs> yeah. uh, we can find out the comedic constant. Coming to the end of our time, is there... Uh, oh, let's hope we've got a few more years. <laughs> no, after this we're burying the pub with all of us in it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Henning, for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Josh. And uh, make sure you listen to the next episode of Staying Connected. Indeed.